Happy Valentine's Day, February 14th. Look at the calendar. Here it is again. And you have no doubt already heard a lot about love and flowers and chocolate and greeting cards and romance. I want to take us a slightly different direction today. I want us to enter into the lives of people who are struggling, who have a proverbial hole in their heart because of a loss. I believe something good happens when we enter into the pain of those around us and we just kind of sit for a while. For some who are single and not in a romantic relationship and they want one, Valentine's Day could be really hard. We could sit with those friends today. But I want us to move toward a different group. Those people who have gone through some deep loss. And I have chosen one man to join us at the Radio Backyard Fence today. I've been waiting years to talk with him and just spend a few minutes with him. His name is Mark. A little more than 10 years ago, we had a guest on this program who had a heart for God and a heart for people. Her name was Kim Newland. Kim began a nonprofit ministry called Sweet Monday that is still going strong. She wrote a a book. She joined me in October of 2013 to talk about the devotional she had written, but we talked about so much more than that. And Kim passed away on February 8th of 2014, so 10 years ago, just a few days ago. And in the last week, Mark Newland has sent emails honoring her. And as I read those, I thought, today is the day. We need to talk with Mark. I've had him on my list of people. Let's talk with Mark. And so today's the day. And then at some point, I'm going to open the phone lines for you to respond to the conversation about grief and loss around Valentine's Day, how you're handling handling it or not handling it, what's helped, what hasn't. That's my plan, but it's subject to change. Here's our team, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trisha's our producer. Gabby T's in the chair today. Anthony will answer your calls. Mark Newland is the assistant regional director. I got to slow this down because it's a little long. Assistant regional director of international advancement for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He's directed more than 130 sports camps and clinics in 10 countries. He played four years for the Cavaliers of UVA. He was on the 1976 team that won the first AC championship in school history. And then he went to England and played professionally. There's a lot more we could say about him. Mark, welcome to the back fence. How are you doing today? It's awesome to be with, uh, with you today, Chris. It's great to connect after all these years. Knowing a little bit about Kim, you know, from seeing her, from hearing her, uh, having a conversation, you called her Kimmy. My guess is Valentine's Day was kind of a big deal to her. Is that true? <laughs> uh, to put it mildly, uh, Chris, uh, Kim was a, uh, she loves special holidays. Uh, in fact, we've tried to celebrate every day. Uh, we'd celebrate uh, the simplest pleasures in life that we could. And Kim made it so much fun because we didn't have to wait for Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving and all. We we had celebrations all the time, but certainly on Valentine's Day, that was, uh, I, I made a mistake early in our relationship when we were dating that I was working all day and I didn't get to see her till later in the evening to bring her something of Valentine flowers and balloon. And um, that did not set well at the time because I'd waited too long. Um, but 
through the year since that time. I learned my lessons, and she was very gracious. Um, I certainly tried to, you know, whether it was flowers or dinner or something special um, that we would always celebrate. Okay, so I went back to the fall of 2013, and I, for people who are listening who weren't around back then didn't hear her, you need to hear Kim. You need to hear her spirit and the light that was Kim Newland. And I chose this clip of her talking about being accepted on staff at Campus Crusade, now crew, and how she met you. Here's Kim Newland. I was accepted on staff, which I thought, certainly I'm not going to be on staff because I've never even seen the four laws. And I went out to San Bernardino, and they assigned me, of all places, to the University of Virginia. And I cried. I was the only single staff girl. And Mark was the state director of Fellowship for Christian Athletes. And we prayed for the students on the grounds, which was my new word I had to learn. And that's where I met him. And he actually dressed up in a a knight outfit to propose. Yes, and took me to a castle that said no trespassing, and I was so upset with him. I told him I like to follow the rules, and then he was gone for a while, and I'm thinking somebody's going to shoot me because we had trespassed. And then he came out clanking with this suit of armor and could hardly walk. The tights were all the way down to about his ankles. And Chris, it was so precious because in God's sweet providence, I had a a camera in the car, and I have his picture. (laughs) All right. So, Mark, is that really the true story? Was she making that up? (laughs) Uh, It was tough, Chris, to get the white horse in the back of the trunk of the car. That was the toughest thing for me to do. But uh, in, in truth, I thought, you know, I, I visited this uh, hidden castle, which many people, even in Virginia, as they travel across the Blue Ridge Mountains and uh, don't know it exists because it's hidden away. But I was uh, fortunate to, to meet the owners, and uh, I just uh, was a romantic at heart. And I thought, you know, if, what better way to uh, to propose than to dress up in a suit of armor um, I used to love the Knights of the Round Table and, and the castles and all the romantic stuff that that goes. So that was my plan. Certainly, I went to the drama department, University of Virginia, uh, to uh, go. I went through the, uh, you know, the theatrical, uh, all the the costumes and whatnot, and we just handpicked things. We picked a helmet and a breastplate and some boots and a cape and just kind of made a hodgepodge collection of. Uh, and so I put it in the back of the car, put it in my trunk of the car, and she's right. We drove to this up this mountain, and it signs everywhere it says no trespassing. Um, you know, uh, trespassers will be prosecuted. That kind of thing. I already had it set up, so I was okay. But Kim's a rule follower, and she did not. She was just very nervous and kept saying, "Mark, we got to turn around." I said, "No, nobody's up here. It'll be fine." We pull up to the castle, and she'd never seen it, and it's beautiful. And then overlooking the Shenandoah Valley, um, and uh, so I had, you know, we're just in blue jeans at this point, and I had her walk around to the front of the castle and overlooking the valley. I said, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, Kim. I've got to use the restroom. So I hopped back around to where the car was parked, popped the trunk, 
started <laughs> stripping down, putting on my a suit of armor. It was cold, um, Chris. It was December 22nd, so and uh, it was freezing. And uh, I got got the stuff on, and uh, I start to clank around to the front where I'm going to propose. And I put the tights on backwards in my haste of of rushing. I put my tights on backwards so they would just ride down. Uh, <laughs> to the back of backside, and so I couldn't take like a full step. I could only take like a six inch step, where they would just ride down further down. So um, it took me forever to <laughs> come around. I must have looked like a sight to behold uh, in this, this suit of armor, and I don't know what's going through Kim's mind at that point. How memorable! How memorable! <laughs> and and we get a little insight into her, just the voice. And then to you as well, and the lengths to which you would go to show love. She said something right there at the end of that clip, though. She said two words together that you don't hear often, sweet providence. And Mm -hmm. then what happened in her work, how do you see the providence of God as sweet when what you're given is not what you want, not what you'd prayed for? Not what you had signed up for. Let me have you think about that, and we're going to take a quick break here and come back with Mark Newland. And I want you to hear this story, and then I want you to respond. Write the number down, 877-548-3675, especially if you have a, a loss in your life this Valentine's Day. Let's let's talk about it today with the Radio Backyard Fence. Mark Newland is joining us today at the Radio Backyard Fence. Again, he is the Assistant Regional Director of International Advancement for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You'll find out what that means here in a minute. But we're talking about his relationship with his wife, Kim, who passed away February 8 of 2014. So it's been 10 years. Um, does Does it get easier? Was it... What do you do with these markers, the you know Christmas, anniversaries, Valentine's Day, especially for somebody who was as bright and loved pink as much as Kim did uh, with her sweet Mondays and all of that? Does it get any easier? Well, Chris, that's a that's a great question, and uh, you know, I um, I don't know that it gets easier um because the emotions are still there and you hear things like time heals and uh everything will be okay uh, down the road those kinds of things and yet um you know some days um i feel like it happened yesterday that you know that kim was still here yesterday and now she's gone and and other times it's like a whole nother life had been lived but um so I, I, you know, early on, to be honest with you, Chris, I, the first couple of years, I, I really struggled with depression and, uh, I, uh, just battled that. And especially during times when, uh, the special occasions came like birthdays and anniversaries and, uh, uh you know, and now Kim's uh, passing on February 8th. Um, so those days uh, can be very difficult and emotional. Uh, 
have been through the years. And uh, so, yeah, people say you got to get busy and just forget it. And and I don't want to forget it, and yet I don't want to dwell on the the, the sadness of it. I want to rejoice in Kim's life, celebrate her life, and just be so grateful to the Lord for we did have 29 years together. And it was, she was uh, the most amazing person. And I think uh, certainly I am biased and I got to see it up close on a daily basis. But I mean, just people that know Kim and even people that met her one time would say she's different. She is something, she is something else. There's something special about Kim Newland that um, there's a joyfulness, there's a, uh, a cheerfulness, there's a strong faith, there's a gentleness, um, there's a compassion that if if the president walked in the room and, you know, someone, uh, maybe the, the maintenance person at the local um, school, uh, she would probably, she would go talk to the maintenance person first before the president. I mean, she just had that uh, she didn't care. She just loved every single person that she met and made each person feel like they were the most important person. And, and because she really believed that. And um, so as far as it getting uh, easier, in some ways it has, yes, it's not, the, it's close, but um, I got to be honest there. Uh, I, I celebrate, but I, reflect during this time and, and pull up pictures and look, and it's, uh, it's, it's a blessing. One of the pictures that you sent in the email that I saw, you said that the last thing you watched together was the Super Bowl in, in 2014, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how neat is this, that, uh, a gentleman by the name of Russell Wilson, that many of the sports fans, uh, listening will will know that name and even if you don't know the name just think of the you know, super bowl just happened recently and all the all the hype but russell wilson um family grew up uh, we live at 401 whitmore court and he grew up at 402 whitmore court so here's this little boy running around the neighborhood um you know playing with the kids shooting hoops in the basket next door and and playing touch football and whatnot and um so he he goes grows up and does very well and becomes a college scholarship football player and then he gets drafted by the Seahawks and um, and then it just amazingly so because Russell was in our house often uh, he mowed my uh, yard as a summer job he got a knock one day on the on the um, uh, about ten o'clock on in the springtime when he was in high school and said, Coach, can I ask a favor? I said, what, what's what's that, Russell? He said, can I borrow your tux to, to go to the prom? I said, Russ, Russ I, I'm 6'4", and you're 5'11". It's going to be too big, but I, I'd be more than happy to let you borrow it. He said, Coach, just let me borrow if that's okay. I said, sure. So he did that his junior year and his senior year. So the, the neat thing is that you know, once Kemp started this, this outreach of having women into our home, um, Russell's mom would come and Russell would see that. And if, if I could, Chris, I want to read the endorsement that Russell wrote in Kim's book. Um, cause I think it, 
speaks volumes of the influence that Kim had on a superstar uh, Super Bowl quarterback. Here's Russell's words. It says, growing up in the same neighborhood with Kim was inspiring to me because I got to see the brightness of her face. My mom and hundreds of other women would pile into Kim's house to share the miraculous word of God. To this day, I read Kim's daily devotionals, which allow me to prepare, relax, and focus on Jesus. The one-year Sweet and Simple Moments with God devotional is a must-read, whether you are a starting quarterback in the NFL, a Christian looking to grow, or, some, or one who needs inspiration from above. Russell Wilson, NFL quarterback. So, and so here we are. Um, and I don't want to go too long on this story, but so Kim was very ill at this time and, and did not have many days left to live. Um, but we wanted to, she wanted to watch the Super Bowl because Russell was in it, um, you know, had just sat, you know, two feet away from her many times um, and talking to her. And uh, and so we watch, and, and she's tired, and it, the game goes late. And I said, Kim, do you want to go to bed? And she said, no, i got to stay up and hear Russell uh, after the game. Uh, I want to hear his interview after the game. So she fought off the, the fatigue and the and the sickness and uh, stayed up and watched. And that, um, Chris, uh, sadly for me, was the last TV show that we watched together um, was the Super Bowl in 2014. And so you talk about uh, special anniversaries and things that bring back memories. This this week, um, Kim's passing, birthday was the 30th of January, the passing is the 8th, and then the Super Bowl is always uh, very close to that. And so it has been an emotional uh, uh, time for me, and it, it has been and will be uh, probably the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, and what you said earlier about time, it's, it's time, time is time, and and you let it do its work, and you and you just keep on going. But uh, I saw somebody say the other day, grief is a manifestation of love unexpressed. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I've never heard it put quite that way. I wonder if it is also a manifestation of love that is was expressed and felt and still resides in you. Um but when you and I love that story about about Russell and the tux. I'd love to get a picture of him in that tux for the two years because <laughs> that would be that'd be kind of cool. But the I I chose one other clip and you said it's okay to play her voice. This is not uh, this is not too hard for you for me to play another clip of her, right? Well, no, it, it, it it's 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 special, um, yeah. and I think it. The audience will get a, a, a glimpse of her southern accent uh, and about as sweet southern as they come. And um, so, yes, no, that would be uh, to honor Kim. I would love to hear it. Here's here's what happened that day. She didn't know if she would be able to to do this because she was coughing. I think she was coughing a lot, and she was struggling. And she said there are a number of people praying for her, and we prayed before the program for her to have strength. And and she started kind of a little slower, and then you could just see the momentum. It's almost like this spiritual train that she got on, and she got she got stronger as the program went on. But I asked her to describe what Russell just wrote about all of these women in her house. Here's what she said: It has been 19 years today. I'm um, tonight. 
at about 7.30, women are going to pile in my home, and I never know who's coming. But I, we were part of a church plant when we moved to Richmond over 20 years ago and had no building. And I always had a heart to bring believers and non-believers together, churched and unchurched, any woman, any time, anywhere. I wanted to be able to invite them to something where truly a woman did not have to RSVP. She did not have to stop by the store and bring something disguised as homemade. She did not have to change her clothes. She didn't have to come every month. She didn't have to pay any money, nothing. She could bring whoever she wanted, totally come, no shoestrings attached. And then I would share a five-minute um, devotional, and that's that was 19 years ago, Chris, and I didn't know I was a devotional writer till last year when I was asked <laughs> to do a devotional book, but it started with Sweet Monday, 19 yes. years ago today. But why the sweet motif? What is the the sweet? Because uh, I can see chocolate and I can see... Uh, go ahead. Well, Where did that come well, from? Well, the sweet is definitely because God tells us that His Word is sweeter than honey to our mouths. And it truly is. And also, I think um, I wanted to keep it so simple that I never dreaded it. And I, I have been able to keep it so simple. I mean, I'm even going through chemo right now, chemotherapy, and I'm able to have the women in my home because I'm only doing one dessert. And and tonight, a sweet friend said, I'm going to make, you know, the homemade cookie for tonight. So I just do one dessert. So that's sweet and simple. But more that God promises that his word does not return void. And I know, Chris, even after 19 years, when I do the five-minute gospel devotional, I tie it into the theme of the night. Um, My heart just races, but... I asked the women at Sweet Monday, who needs encouragement? And you know, every hand goes up. And I go, well, God is the best encourager there is. And he's been my best encourager all through life. And so I know that what that piece of Sweet Monday, where the gospel is shared in a sweet and simple way, that God will use it for his purposes. And that's so exciting because you you and I know we can't do anything to change people, but God through His Spirit does. I love that slice of just that that little conversation because it shows so much, doesn't it, Mark? Oh, Chris, it's, it it really does. And that, and Kim, uh, people ask me how how would you describe Tim? And the one word that that jumps out at me is just genuine. There's there's no false pretense whatsoever. Uh, any bone in her body, she she was just so genuine, so real. What you saw is what you got. Um, and uh, joyful, fun. Every person was important. And uh, you know, to, to give you a, a, a thank you as well because when she was on your show earlier. Um, on the Moody broadcast that um, that was when Sweet Monday was just at the very beginning and it had just started and after that show I, it was our, our mailbox, three and four days afterwards our mailbox was flooded with letters from all over the country from women saying you know I'll, maybe I could do something like this maybe in my church or my neighborhood or my community, I could just open up our home once a month or uh, invite people in, 
build some relationships. And and would you know it, over the years then at 48 states and 12 different countries, and now there's a national headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee for Sweet Monday. And the ministry is, is touching lives and changing women's lives even as we speak. And, and, and thank you to Moody Broadcast for being able to play a major role in that and getting the word out. She would love that, that this was not about her or her idea or the sweet whatever. It was, it was something that touched so many people's hearts that this is why I've been placed here in the middle of, you know, I'm an ambassador. Just have people into your home and be able to share that truth, right? Yeah, she she saw her life as um, she would say one big thank you note, and she just was so grateful to God in her life and lived a joyful uh, presence every day. I, you know, for all the years that I've known her, I, I don't know of a time that I that she missed the time in the morning. You know, she was more of an early riser than me, and. I would come in, and, and she would already have her Bible open and her notepad and journal, and uh, she was having time with the Lord uh, each morning. And um, yeah, so just this outreach was an extension of, of who she was, and um, it's it, it's incredible. I remember we get we got an email one time shortly after. Um, let, me have you, let me have you tell that story in just a second. Hang on just a second. That's Mark Newland. He mentioned the book, The Devotional by Kim. It's still available as an ebook. We have it linked at the website. If you go to chrisbabrylive.org, you'll find out more. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. Hope you're enjoying your conversation today with Mark Newland. We're talking about the the hole in his heart, losing the love of his life, Kim, ten years ago. And uh, I haven't had this conversation. I've been waiting, and I just felt like today was the day to do it. Mark is assistant regional director for international advancement for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Basically, he's a sports missionary advancing the gospel. Um, that's what he's been doing over the last few years, played basketball for University of Virginia, played internationally, played for England. I, we could do a whole program just on that. We could do a whole program on the sports camps that you, that you do. But we just got some news here, and the folks who are listening may have, have heard it as well, about in Kansas City and the Chiefs having the parade and the celebration and shots have— been fired, and uh, we don't have any information about that other than you can just imagine the um, the the clamor and the fear and all that's going on. So I just want to stop, and maybe I can have you do this, Mark. Would you? Because FCA's headquarters are there uh, near Arrowhead, aren't they? Exactly. They. Uh... Fellowship of Christian Athletes National Headquarters uh, really overlooks uh, Arrowhead, which is now Gayhoe Stadium, um, and the baseball stadium. So in uh, short, certainly the, the sports uh, arena has uh, is so uh, that's what we do at, in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is trying to share the gospel with athletes and coaches worldwide. So 
whenever you hear something tragically like this in, in, in whatever setting, um, but uh, certainly it's impactful now that it's uh, the Super Bowl parade and, and um, it's just, uh, just heard the news from you, Chris. So I am uh, saddened by that and pray that, uh, that there's not a uh, major, uh, y- you know, deaths or whatever that could come from that. Exactly. And that's, and that's what we pray for. Father, would you would you do something here? Would you calm things and, and the crowds that are there and use the authorities that are on the ground that, that serve and protect to quell the evil that is there and to shut that down? Um, we don't know what's going on. You do. Would you divinely appoint your rescuers to go in there and, and do that? and to uh, stop any loss of life, and to give the first responders the ability to uh, identify where they need to go and, and the communication and all of that. We just give it to you. We thank you for those people who are willing to rush in where th- bad things are happening. And uh, we put that in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so I I haven't talked a lot about what you've done over the last few years, other than just now I mentioned this. Um, you, you have been doing a lot internationally. You've, you've gone to Southeast Asia. Is that right? I, I have many times. Yes, Chris. Uh huh. Tell me what, what it means to be, to have that title assistant regional director for international advancement for FCA. I, I wish I didn't have that title. Honestly, it's it's uh, basically I like to look at it as just being a Barnabas to the sports world. Um, Barnabas is one of my favorite Bible characters, um, just uh, encourager, son of encouragement. And he went on Paul's many missionary trips. And uh, anyway, I just want to be a, uh, a light to the sports world for for the kingdom. And, um, and that involves many different things, activities, um, but all revolving around the sports and the gospel. Um, so I've, I've loved doing camps, um, right out of college, started my own camps called the making of a champion sports camps, um, building champions, uh, in mind, body, and spirit on and off the court, one child at a time. So I've done lots of camps, but then through the years, um, you know, I guess when I played in England and played teams in Europe and whatnot, I thought, wow, sports really reaches a lot of people. And then to be able to use sports to share the greatest news the world's ever heard, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and what a, an avenue that you are able to reach people that would not be reached otherwise, like young boys and girls maybe don't go to church or have no interest in church, but they'll come to a sports camp, a clinic, a, to play their favorite sport. So um, that's a way to kind of be a, a be a missionary to the sports world, to be go out into the community and work with the kids and the coaches and the parents and the families. So uh, I, um, one of my um, bucket list things, Chris, for some reason is I, I love People from all different parts of the world, different faiths, different backgrounds, different uh, cultures, food, everything. And so I'd love to meet someone from every country in the world um, and, uh, if possible, uh, have a chance to share 
the good news with every person I met from all those countries. But um, so just recently, I, I coached and taught for many years, but my heart, uh, especially in the last few years, has been, you know, how can I um, uh, honor Christ through sports? And so been able to go inside China, inside many Asian countries, um, you know, the, the stories that I could share with you would be tremendously encouraging to folks. Um, everything from inside the Ukraine with the war there, inside Israel, uh, what's happening there, um, meeting with the national uh, coach of basketball, coach of Israel, and then um, just so many uh, amazing stories, uh, whether it's Africa, South America. Um, maybe sometime we'll get a chance to do that. But um, so that's that's my calling right now. I feel Chris is to, um, and whether it doesn't need to be a Russell Wilson Super Bowl quarterback, it could be a third string middle school player that never gets to play. Um, I want to be able to come alongside that young man and let him know, or young lady, so that their identity is not built on their success athletically or, or uh, in other areas. It's really our identities found in Christ. And whether we're Super Bowl champions or third-string uh, non-athlete, um, you're loved just as much and are just as important. How do you think Kim would feel about what you've been able to do in the last 10 years? Oh, boy. I hope she would be proud, uh, Chris. I um, One of my goals, uh, the remaining time I have left in my life is to, it's really three goals, to honor, honor God, uh, honor Kim, and honor my daughter, Callie. Um, and so a uh, story we were, I was going to mention to you, um, just briefly before we, we took a break was about um, getting a, an email one time after Sweet Monday had just started and it uh, it was from Micronesia <laughs> and I thought Micronesia I thought I know what amnesia is I, I know what milk I know what milk of magnesia is but I honestly I thought I was pretty good in geography I didn't know where Micronesia was I knew it probably somewhere in the South Pacific but I didn't know but the point was, here's this uh, email that came in saying, thank you so much for the Sweet Monday ministry. We have just started one here in Micronesia. And I looked at Kim. I mean, I'm like, you know, tears are starting to form in my eyelids, and she's starting to tear up too. And I said, you know, how amazing is that, that God using speaking to your heart in opening up our home, and then other women are doing the same thing. And now, all across the world, people are uh, being encouraged by Christ through this simple ministry. And uh, the thought of the Great Commission of, you know, going to all the world, make disciples of all nations, uh, into the uttermost parts of the earth. I said, Kim, my sweet Monday has just reached the uttermost parts of the earth to Micronesia. So to, to answer your question, as I get to go to all these different places and friends from Indonesia will be staying with me next week. And um, I'll be going again in the spring to many, many different countries running camps and clinics. 
I, I just feel a tremendous freedom to uh, do what God's uh, blessed me to be able to do, to play sports and to have the enjoyment of that and that to use, be able to use that in a way that encourages um, the coaches and the athletes and the, and the teams that, you know, I have a chance to work with. So I, I think Kim would be pleased and she would be going with, we'd be, uh, <laughs> we would be a great team because she, she would, she would do a better job than me. Um, and people would be drawn to her. Uh, so uh, what a great calling! Way, but, uh, what a great calling, and a way to use this—you know—the time. And it, that doesn't mean that you haven't grieved and you haven't. It hasn't been hard. It's not been a cakewalk the last ten years, but the—it's it, almost as if uh, this were the, the the launching pad for you in a lot of different ways. Uh, and you're just living life. I got another question, but I've got Sharon on the line in Illinois. Sharon, why did you call today? Oh, Mark, uh, thanks, Chris, for letting me on. But I just wanted, Mark, I wanted to give you this message, Mark. Um, and I don't know that you remember me, but I worked at Tyndale when um, when the book came out, the Sweet Moments book came out. Yeah. And when I met Kim, I just fell in love with her. And we just, I felt like we were best friends. In some, I mean, I know that sounds silly, but I just resonated with her. I clicked with her so strongly, even though we are from very different cultures, me, a big city northern girl, and her from the sweet south. But uh, we <laughs> shared many wonderful conversations and, and prayer together. And she influenced my life and continues to influence my life. I know she does many other women, but two specific ways were because of her example of doing Sweet Mondays. I didn't do Sweet Mondays, but I went home and I told my husband, I just want to invite my neighbors over for a Sunday evening uh, dinner, soup dinner. And he was like, oh, you you already work. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to do it really simple. I'll just make a lot of soup. I'll have bread and I'll have and I'll have I'll do it all on paper and I'll have dessert. And If they come, they come. And if they don't, they come. And, you know, I did that for a season, and it was really a wonderful thing. I don't know if it was for my neighbors so much as it was for me, but I've <laughs> remained friends with these people um, through the years that single moms that I knew. And then the other thing is um, the way she so valiantly and humbly and prayerfully fought her cancer. And uh, mm. she just was an inspiration to me. I had a diagnosis last year, and I've come through all right. But I thought of her so many times and thought, well, if I go to heaven, I'll get to see Kim again, which, which was a really wonderful thought for me to uh, meditate on. And then finally, I just wanted you to know that she absolutely adored you. She loved you so much, Mark. And I know she'd be proud of you uh, and what you're doing now since she's been gone. So take heart. And uh, I know you're the number one person who's looking forward to seeing her, but I'm right behind you. Thank you so much. Oh, that is so good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sharon, I do remember you and all the people at Tyndale. Um, you guys were outstanding and so uh, special, and Kim loved all, all of you dearly. Um, and hearing that, Sharon, means a great deal to me. 
on this Valentine's Day. So thank you for sharing that. And we have the book linked. It's still an ebook. You know, 10 years is a long time to keep that book going, but it's still available in ebook. We have a link to it. You can find out more about Mark and his ministry with the FCA. And we have one final segment to go. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. Thanks for your support of Chris Fabry Live. Our gift to you and our thank you this month goes right along with what we're talking about today with the heart of Kim and Mark, and that is Ron Hutchcraft's book, A Life That Matters. If you want to be a rescuer, if you want to be the ambassador for Christ that he calls you to be, not out of shame, not out of guilt, and I got to do this and a check a list out. No, it's not that way. It's It's an opportunity for you to share what is in here with somebody else. It's a great resource, and if you give a gift of any size to the program to keep us going in February, then uh, just go to chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down, you'll see how to be a backfence friend or partner right there at chrisfabrylive.org. And CareNet, have you clicked the green button? We've got green buttons at chrisfabrylive.org. Uh, to to send you to CareNet. What's CareNet, Chris? CareNet is a group of people, well, organizations, pregnancy center, resource centers around the country that help men and women who are going through an unplanned pregnancy. And they have such a great ministry. And, and like Mark is talking about here, you start reading some of these stories and you'll be encouraged. I know there's a lot of struggle out there, but you start reading these stories and at some point, you're probably going to want to get involved in some way with CareNet, if n- nothing else, to pray for that ministry. Go to chrisfabrylive.org, click the green CareNet button today, chrisfabrylive.org. Remaining moments with Mark. Um, Mark, so it's been 10 years since Kim has been gone. What are the verses that come to you? What what encouragement do, do you want to give our listeners today? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Chris, for asking. I, there are, I wanted to give listeners today hope and encouragement um, because uh, if you live any, uh, the, the, the more <laughs> the life we live, the more challenges that we face and, and there, there are lots of hurts and pains that we go through and, um, I don't ever want to make light of them because some of them are very intense and you may go, be going through those right now, but uh, uh, a few verses that have meant a lot to me. Here's, here's one in, in Corinthians, uh, uh, second Corinthians, uh, first chapter four, uh, three through three and four, all praise to God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort others. When we are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So many times we, um, I don't think many of us would say that our lives have turned out the exact way we thought they would turn out. So uh, things happen and we go through struggles and pain and hurts and loss. Um, But a lot of times that gives us an opportunity then to help others um, uh, with, to comfort others in the same way that we've been comforted by Christ. And so 
um, that may be hard to do, but that's that's certainly one thing. Uh, one of my life verses is is Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine, and um, um, let me just read this, Chris, because this is so powerful. Uh, and Paul's talking, he says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so in the midst of all of the struggle, um, I'm comforted to know that uh, Jesus says he'll, he'll never leave us or forsake us. And it doesn't mean that the human tears and the pain don't subside necessarily um, quickly. Um, and it's okay to grieve for a period of time and don't let anybody tell you that you should be over it and you should now move on. Let grieving take its uh, full uh, impact in your life and and let the fruit of that um, be used in a way that then you can encourage others. So those are just a couple couple thoughts, Chris. Um, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts in our pain. And it's the megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So when we go through pain, that draws us closer to our our Lord and Savior, and that's always a good thing. I don't think you knew this, Mark, but the at the end of the program, that you know, f- f- ten years ago, ten and a half, that was the the verses that, at the end of Romans eight. That's what she read. That's what she talked about. She said that's what she was going to speak about that night when the women were coming over. So, uh, ten years later, you echo her heart, and I can't thank you mm-hmm. enough for um, for spending the time with us today. And I'll encourage everybody, go to the website. You can link to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You can find out more about Mark. We only kind of scratched the surface of, of his life and the ministry that he's doing, as well as the book, the devotional that Kim Newland wrote all those years ago that's still in print. It's in an, it's an e-book. And... Uh, God bless you, friend. I hope this has encouraged you as much as it's encouraged us here at the back fence. And keep praying for what's going on in Kansas City. I'm looking at the updates here about the rescue efforts, emergency rescue efforts. Continue to pray for that. The two Michaels are with us tomorrow. Hope you will be too. For Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Moody Bible Institute.